Hey guys. Hey. So, this is a real good podcast. Really good. Real, real good. <laughs> but it went real long. And so, just, just about 12 minutes over. Just bear with us because it's real, real good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Ian. All right. Yeah. Enjoy. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in for the Go Unite podcast. We are the founders of Go Unite. I'm Michael Christensen, and I've been in the nonprofit sector for about eight years now. I mainly work in the arts. I'm Ian Harris. I call myself a designer and a thinker and a maker. I'm Corey. I'm just here. He's our friend. Hello. <laughs> Go Unite is a massive undertaking which aims to make our communities better at functioning, have more vibrant places to live, getting people involved in causes, and more engaged. We have more info on what Go Unite is on our Patreon with our white paper, but we're here doing this podcast for you to get to know us. And our main goal is to get to know other people that are like-minded, that want to better their communities and better their lives. And for us to test our ideas and defend them and, and work them out some more. And for me to argue <laughs> with these two fools. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. So, yeah, here we are for our very, uh, I guess I was going to say very third episode, but that doesn't make any <laughs> it sense. We're on the very third episode. The linguistics of that is... Glad you made it this exactly. far. <laughs> yeah, so let's, uh, yeah, let's go around and see who we have here. Uh, right now, I am, I am here. My name is Michael. You got Corey. <laughs> and Ian's over here. We'll have to see if that little sound effect works. Oh, if, I'm sure it did. If it did, we can replicate it. Oh, I'm sure it, it did. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so today's podcast uh, should be a fun one. We're going to explore the question, how can our tech be used for evil? Now, I think, I think we're going to explore um, you know, technology in general, but we're also going to be talking about the specific type of technology that we're thinking about for Go Unite. So, and that's... Uh, yeah. What is going night, Michael? Oh, yeah. Tell us some more. Well, that's a great question. You've made it to the third podcast. <laughs> and you haven't read our white papers or listened to anything else we're talking about. So That's okay. We love you. <laughs> yeah, so, so great question, Ian. And uh, so the, specifically, the, the types of our tech, uh, the technology that we're proposing that's going to be unique, I think, are going to be a template system, so kind of a project management uh, tool that relies upon templates to uh, basically get people to work so so you would in order to work you'd have to refer to a template uh, and that would be your instructions and based upon your instructions from the template you'd go out and do your work in the community that kind of makes sense it, it, it makes sense okay yeah. but it's only because you it's, know, it's I, to I cut out it pretty poorly. it's basically <laughs> to cut out all the learning experience and just get down to the nitty-gritty right we're possible and to expand yeah. on yeah. A job that's already been done. Kind of before. streamline the learning process. Yeah. Make it yeah. just part of the doing process. So you, yeah. you don't have all these people making the same mistakes. Oh. Right. So I guess let's maybe give an example of that. So let's say that you were um, wanting to just get involved for a given afternoon in the nonprofit world. Whoops, I didn't set our timer. <laughs> One afternoon. Okay, so you wanted to get involved in the uh, nonprofit world, but you didn't want to get super involved. So basically what you'd do is you would download the app and you'd find a, uh, a job in there that was from a template. And so the job might be take out the garbage at this location. 
And so you'd sign up for that role, just as like community volunteer, you'd go over to the place where the app told you to go, and you'd follow the instructions of that, uh, that, to, that action item or to-do thing. And then you'd do that, and then you'd say that you did it, you were signed off, and then you... People verified that you did it. Right, people verified that you did it. And, and basically, um, that was from a template. So that right. action item get, was based upon. You don't, you don't have to necessarily take out the trash because that doesn't sound very fun. Right. Well, that's a very bad example. But <laughs> Make it sexy. It's <laughs> along the same well, lines. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there are so many different things you could do. So the other and part of, uh, unless anybody has a better description of the template. Nope. No. Was, I, yeah. So the next there are part, rewards. Oh yeah, there are rewards. Thing. So yeah. when you when you take out this hypothetical trash, you. You do it, you get signed off, then you get a reward for doing it from like community yeah. currency. That's redeemable for something else you can get in the community. So it's kind of like this whole ecosystem. Yeah, exactly. This work ecosystem. So the other thing about Go Unite that's specific to Go Unite is that we're trying to create kind of a culture of immersive experiences. So Corey, when you said taking out the garbage was a boring, you know, goal, maybe don't think about that one. The other part of Go Unite is how do you then create a fun action item or fun to do list, basically. To almost make the taking out the garbage fun. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As an example, yeah. So, so for example, um, so one person, you know, takes out the trash and they get a point for it, and then part of getting more points would be now how do you make that job more fun as well as productive so then the next person who gets that action item you know uh has a theoretically more fun and enjoyable goal it evolves yeah it evolves. Yeah, it's not just the app there's the whole the way of doing it, the workflow the code of conduct that's involved in how you use the app yeah yeah, yeah. exactly and so it's the yin and yang of it yeah so that's kind of what Go Unite is bringing to the table. Um, I mean, yeah, kind of specifically for Go Unite, is kind of a template system, and then the ongoing, um, you know, ongoing emphasis on making jobs more interesting and immersive. So that doesn't sound too evil to me. What are we <laughs> talking about evil for? No, that doesn't. That doesn't sound evil at all. That Wait, we're wholesome. talking about evil today, fellas? That's right. We're talking about how how then. Could someone use this technology for evil? And kind of the goal here, I think, is not necessarily just to have a really bummer kind of conversation, but rather to address something that could be problematic before it happens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and try to bring some thought to it. So if you listen through the bummer, we'll try to get around to plenty of solutions for those, those bummer thoughts and everything. Right. So, okay, so, I mean, we could we could talk about, you know, maybe, like, what is evil? Yeah. Like, what, what in your mind, Corinian, what is evil? I'll let Ian go first. Ooh. <laughs> okay. I say making other people go first before you give your answer. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty. Like <a>, yeah. <laughs> that is very evil. I, I too, <laughs> have the same thoughts. I think that is evil. That is evil. I would say anything that is intentional and at the expense of someone else or harms someone else yeah does harm with intention that's yeah that's i think yeah i think that's kind of what i came to as well it was like i think i actually worded it in a very similar way it was like intentionally malicious Mm -hmm. 
And then, but I also kind of make room for like unintentionally malicious, like some kind of bureaucratic system where like, like for example, in the Declaration of Independence, one of the reasons why the, the colonies seceded from the, uh, like the United, the queen. The, the queen, yeah, was because they, they felt like they were being fatigued into compliance mm. to certain laws. And like, it's not necessarily, I mean, obviously the, they were stating that the laws were corrupt, but as much as anything, it was because the systems were so, oh, whoops, we're playing footsies over here. <laughs> the systems are so bureaucratic and bogged down in unthought through laws and procedures that people are basically having to follow the laws because they can't fix them. And so even though there's like no law that's like the evil law, you know, it's it can be evil because it just hasn't been thought through and it's kind of like been buried in some kind of like a bureaucratic mess. Mm-hmm. So makes me think of all the people who want to do well but are only thinking of only think of thinking of themselves mm-hmm. unintentionally they're not they just haven't had to expose themselves to others opinions yeah kind of insulate themselves yeah and that's how they do evil is not involving their experience with others experiences yeah that makes, yeah, I think that's a really good example. Like, I was kind of thinking of it, like, systemically, but I think bringing it to, like, an individual frame of reference is a really interesting way to go about it. Because, like, it's kind of like evil by omission. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I guess it's not... Yeah, I hadn't, I had only thought of intentional harm, but mm-hmm. there is the omission side of it. Well, so, like, kind of... Uh, for example, in trying to frame how we might go about describing this, I was thinking of like two ways in which evil could occur in a system. And you have the first one, I think would be like a top-down evil, like kind of a fascist kind of dictatorship kind of thing. And then you have like, a, I wish there was a better way to say it because it sounds kind of awkward, but like a bottom-up evil, which would be like, <laughs> what, what would be the way to say it? So you have like top down know, authoritarian and then you have bottom up like people mm-hmm. like bottom up, <laughs> like a counterculture using a tool for evil purposes, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So like you have the authority who has control of the system using the system irresponsibly and abusively. Mm-hmm. And then you have the reverse, which is you have the people who are being, you know, who should be using the system responsibly, using it irresponsibly and basically making the otherwise benign or benevolent authority into an authoritarian dictator because they're having to create new rules to stamp out people from abusing mm. the system. So, so like, for example, um, uh, wait, no, where was I going with that? I don't know. You want to play handsies <laughs> since you played footsies with Dean a little earlier? <laughs> sure. Yeah, let, let's do it. So I, I guess I was trying to think of just like the, the general playing field would in, in a complex system would be like the authority abusing the system and then you have the, the users of the system abusing the system. Hmm. So do you have any uh, qualms with that? Any, do you think that about no, I says it? Even, I think that about says it. Oh. Okay. So there's, are you describing like the, like a two axis spectrum yeah, exactly. here yeah. Yeah. of where the evil is being committed or on what level yeah and then the the spectrum of if it's doing it by omitting or ignoring kind Mm -hmm. of yeah 
bad being done to people or oppressing people actively in that yeah yeah exactly yeah and so it's kind of like this uh like like you said like you say like this axis between giving into anarchy which would be like the people using the system abusing the system or it would be like fascist so it's like you know how do you like like evil i think would would go towards either extreme fascism or extreme anarchy Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of where my mind was going in terms of like the playing field that we're operating in so that's a pretty good definition of evil yeah yeah that it would it would go to one extreme and so so one one example i guess now getting to a specific of how like like the administrators of this go unite system might abuse it um, somewhat deliberately would be a situation. This was going to like a conversation that you and I had a couple of weeks ago, Ian. But it was something like a uh, like a soft drink company coming to us and trying to figure out how we can create a template which is comprised of different action items. That if people follow these action items, they will feel more inclined to go buy a certain type of coke. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like. Maybe like word instructions in a certain way or have certain action items in a certain way or have these jobs take place at a certain location. It's so almost like people... lobbyists inside yeah. the uh, you know, the framework. Exactly, yeah. And like social engineering. Yeah, exactly. Right. And trying to like manipulate people by creating yeah. these yeah. systems, which you would like if you were just reading one action item, you'd never guess that mm-hmm. it was manipulating you. But just mm-hmm. like in so total... It's almost like when I download a bread recipe off the internet and they say you have to use, say, like King Arthur's flour uh, yeah. to use to make this yeah, recipe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why I hate using, uh, like, the full gluten-free vegan recipes. Mm. It's like, I don't have five kinds of flour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I wish I did. But... I haven't even heard of two of these. Yeah. Yeah, so ex- exactly like that. So that, that was one opportunity for evil to seep in. Which I think is, you know, uh, very possible. Well, it sounds like... I mean, not if I have anything to say about it, of course. <laughs> but it if... sounds like native advertising. The idea yeah. of a company buying an, <clears throat> or paying for a news article, producing a news article that is all about how their competitor is doing bad things. Or it's an article about this one company doing... Mm-hmm some philanthropic work and then you get to the bottom and it's like written by yeah kate who's the director of sales at ge or whatever it is so i know in montana in the early days of mining the mine companies owned the newspapers Mm -hmm. and so when the mines were polluting the air and doing all this stuff it never reached the papers Mm. because they owned the papers Mm -hmm. so anything that was against the mine never became public publicly widespread throughout mm-hmm. yeah it's exactly that and that's such a creepy tendency so are we getting into a, a fake news discussion here fake news touching <laughs> on fake news I mean, yeah I, I think if we can point to where where specifically in go unite it would affect it yeah because um i was looking at facebook because there's a lot of people who think that facebook is evil mm-hmm. and um, and with some arguably good cause, they've uh, there's like evidence that 
dictators have used it in mm. um, the Philippines and Cambodia, and then places like Indonesia and Sri Lanka that uh, like riots have broken out because of fake news or yeah. because of rumors. Oh, wow. And yeah. then in in Myanmar with the whole Rohingya. Actually, yeah, genocide. I think I've heard of something like yeah, this too, where a community yeah, yeah. One of them. somewhere killed a guy because of social media. Oh, yeah. Mm. They said that he was a pedophile or something along those lines. And so the community came together, actually murdered the guy. Yeah, it's happened a few times in yeah, like, India that like people just get built or like so riled, riled up. up. Yeah, yeah on one story and then they don't get any other mm-hmm. they just focus on what they're looking for and they look yeah. for nothing but evidence for confirmation so i guess personal gain not only just in advertising but in personal gain if somebody was able to manipulate one of these formats mm-hmm. so that it just benefited them yeah so not necessarily like a soda company but mm-hmm. maybe an actual individual yeah because yeah, could be an individual also in myanmar there are some uh, like Buddhist leaders that just they're influencers, they're religious mm-hmm. leaders, mm-hmm. and then they go around saying that Muslims are are the worst thing to ever happen to the country. They're trying to take over, and then everyone in the country starts saying the same thing, like, "Oh, they mm. just want to take over." Yeah, I don't know much. Yeah, but everything I've heard is yeah that they're bad people and. And so it's like they're they're using these technologies like Facebook and in theory something like Go Unite, and like I mean the tool is like Facebook or Go Unite. It's basically just kind of like a spreadsheet that you input information to. So the spreadsheet is just hypothetical spreadsheet, just like this, like a formatting thing. But these people will use this formatting forum, I guess, to input all kinds of horrible, hateful unthought through opinions Mm -hmm. and basically create anarchy and where we're talking about a system that's not just an information sharing Mm -hmm. system like facebook or yeah it's still information even if it's misinformation but yeah when you're talking about actual like getting people uh I just had the word like actual action happening yeah mobilizing yeah Yeah, civic engagement Yeah, yeah you're talking about not just these thousands of posts about this one community being evil or whatever. You could right. actually have someone get on and be like, these people are evil. Let's yeah. Oh, yeah. follow like, these say, other countries. Yeah. Leading. Say I didn't like the way the lady looked at me that's next to the, the trash can outside. Mm-hmm. So then in the forum, I say throw a pebble at her window yeah. because she murdered, I don't know, mm-hmm. little puppies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now you have all these people. We're throwing pebbles, pebbles at this woman's window. Yeah, that probably has no idea why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's a perfect example of total anarchy within the system we're describing. And that's mm-hmm. something I'd totally do. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing is like, once you have, <laughs> I mean, there's like some quote that I found, like it was like some military quote that said, any state of the art technology you have is going to be in the hands of your enemies in ten years. Right. And so mm. even if like you didn't have even if you reserved, even if you had the desire that you suppressed to throw rocks at your neighbor's house, even if you suppressed that desire, 
five years down the road, someone else might not suppress that desire. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And and that's one danger of technology I keep coming back to is that for, I don't know, recorded history, technology has all about, has been all about convenience and about making tools that let you do more, more easily. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah. If it's all about convenience and we're all about getting people mobilized with yeah. less and less effort, yeah, that's just less and less time for people to think through what right. they're doing and like <laughs> yeah, have yeah. that. That's, stuff I think that's exactly in. right, and it's maybe this, you know, this will be part of our solutions section, which is going to be a breath of fresh air after a few of these. <laughs> but you know, um, it would be like, you know, the more your technology gets to the point of action, with you know, with increasingly less amounts of thought the more thought is required Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah so that's yeah so another another thing kind of moving on from that because i think that's that's a perfectly good example um so one one thing that any data or data 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 (laughs) dad what what do we think let's let's settle this now (laughs) is it like it's like they have this tendency to want to spy, like quote unquote spy on the quote unquote users mm. in order to gather data. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe they mm-hmm. use that data, you know, responsibly or evilly. But the point that I'm getting at, though, is that they're doing this primarily to figure out how to make a better user experience. And they're mm-hmm. chasing some what I call fantasy. Well, I don't, I don't. I didn't invent the word fantasy, but some fantasy of like the lowest common denominator. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're they're using the data to say how can we make our user platform so efficient that even the lowest common denominator person can use it. It's completely mindless, right. For and you to yeah. just do the thing that we're trying exactly. to get you and to it's do. Like, it's like this arms race between. You know, on such and such date, their user is minimally intelligent, and so they try to make software that meets the, you know, that meets requirements of how they, you know, can make an environment frictionless for their user. Mm. And then, but it would seem to me that then you do that, and then your user becomes more helpless, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And they become they become more yeah. used to the technology doing stuff for them. Right. And then, in order to make their user experience more frictionless they have to make their technology more invasive and assume things and then it just like continually you know tries to outdo itself and outdo the user until it just makes the in theory i mean this would be like the projection of my chain of thinking it would make the user just so helpless and stupid that you know that they wouldn't you know, even know to ask for a question and it would just be like synced up to their, like I can totally see like five years from now, like if, if your endocrine, endocrine system exerts some amount of like, you know, fluid in this region of your body, that means you want this type of soda. And so Mm -hmm. don't even have to say this soda, just, Mm -hmm. you know, just create this thing thing in your head and then soda arrives to your house in two or three business days or something. It turns... In business, it's a future, my be a bad business model. It just goes directly into your skin. Ain't using the Pony Express in the future. It's, uh, it's like you turning your I mean? impulses into right. immediate, like, already done deals. Yeah. And, so would you even yeah. experience um, exactly happiness or anything? Because anything, yeah. everything is just already instantly at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. That's why it's terrifying. Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, if they just pursue this lowest common denominator logic, 
I can't see any reason why that would ever stop. Yeah, you kind of hit on the last episode there of like, yeah. why do you want to have convenience right. of technology if you're if it's just taking away from the human experience? Right. And uh, one of my favorite tech guys out there, Me? I think it's <laughs> Ian. You should have. <laughs> I think it's Tristan Harris, but uh, oh, a guy with your same last name. <laughs> no, no, okay. Is this really you, Ian? Okay. <laughs> but, uh, he, he's called he's been called the closest thing that silicon valley has to a conscience but mm-hmm. he calls that whole idea the race to the bottom of the brainstem okay oh yeah it's all that's exactly what it is just people trying to find your most primal instinct his whole thing is hmm. um facebook and youtube and all these quote-unquote sticky apps mm-hmm. are just mm-hmm. targeting the uh the easiest emotions to mm. get you to stay on them the most. Right. Yeah. And so they uh, they obviously Facebook just throws things that are going to get you get a reaction. That's mm-hmm. what they're looking for. And then that reaction makes you tricks you into thinking that you need more of it because mm-hmm. it's making you experience things. Yeah, now that and, it has you at the brain stand. Yeah, it's making you feel yeah. and it's all coming from I love that quote. That. Yeah. yeah. It's exactly what it is. It's, it's a race to the, the brainstem. Mm-hmm. And getting lower and lower on it. Yeah. More primal, more just like basic biology of what we experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then another one that comes to mind, I, I would consider this one to be like some of these, I think, you know, the, it's it's right now if you were talk if you were to talk to a lot of the silicon valley people and say why are you using our data like this and why are you allowing this precious information to be bought and sold i think they could probably dance their way out of it but like 20 years down the road you know if we actually get our crap together it'd be like kind of a nuremberg trial kind of thing we're like you knew mm-hmm. this was wrong mm-hmm. and you did it anyway mm-hmm. but i think one of the things that would probably be like unintentionally malicious, I think is just like kind of like this ridiculous attitude of a lot of, you know, capitalist mindset kind of people, which is failing to acknowledge the long-term impact yeah. of short-term mm-hmm. things. I think we've done that throughout yeah. history as yeah. human, human beings. We've always agreed. Right. Yeah. And it's like, you know, so, there are some things that are obviously wrong and you know that you're making a major error that might fall within that thing but i think for the majority of it's like it's purely procrastination and there's nothing like morally wrong with that necessarily and so it's like yeah so i guess the evil i could see affecting go unite would be that everybody gets so used to this platform you get somebody to hack into the system and put in their own Mm -hmm. platform Mm. nobody's going to question it Right, because they're mm-hmm. so used to doing these tasks and having yeah, them, mm-hmm. yeah, that they'll Ooh. just go ahead and do this task, and it will get followed, and then whoever hacked into that, yeah, and created that. Did system. we just write a movie? That sounds like a great <laughs> this, movie. You're, you're not gonna believe this, but I'm actually working on a screenplay, uh, <laughs> and this is some of the topics. Oh, okay, because <laughs> it's exactly yeah. Well, and going back to the people who don't think they're doing evil they think they're doing right what's right. right and everything yeah that'd be like the exact example of that yeah because i i said that it's always just comes back to greed they're right. just doing it for the greed and i was gonna say i think mark zuckerberg's answer to why did you use the data like this be like just wave 
five fifty five billion dollars in your face. And yeah. You're like, oh, but <laughs> yeah. But That's maybe it's why. not. Maybe it's not greed. Maybe that fifty five dollars or fifty five billion. Billion. Excuse Come me. on. Um, I, I mean, do that for fifty five. <laughs> I'll do that for five. It's, oh man, it, uh, sell me <laughs> true capitalism. Yeah, maybe it is just that represents instead of something to be greedy of right. it's value like mm-hmm. that yeah. is obviously people want it yeah mm-hmm. obviously the the like the powerful people in the world these big companies are willing to pay me whatever mm-hmm. for this so yeah i mean even like a best case scenario you know if someone gave you all that money and you were right on the level you could do so much more with 55 billion than you could with nothing so it's like mm-hmm. yeah so money yeah. even in and that then, scenario is not necessarily the bad you know element yeah yeah and then they talk about like we want to connect people we want to do all these good things and and that's why it makes money we want to bring other experiences we want to show other people the world outside of their own Mm -hmm. all of these touch-feely things that they sell themselves on but like i don't know yeah yeah you can't do that without some kind of greed that is like, I have to make money off of this mm-hmm. kind of thing. But also, what are you making money on there? And are yeah. you really doing, how does that balance, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, That the thing of greed is so interesting because it's, I mean, Corey and I were talking outside of, as we were waiting to get in here and... And you had to go to the restroom. Hopefully, you don't mind me bringing up this story. But you were. You had to use a bathroom. What a we, we've chump. all been there. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh. In, oh, deference, in, in deference to Ian. Have we all been there? But but the thing was, though, is that we weren't sure. We, we assumed that the doors were locked, but we didn't know for sure. And But Ian, he went out of his way to double check because he had to use the restroom. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. he was. I guess one could say greedily incentivized <laughs> to see if there was more opportunities than we took. I wasn't even going to open the door for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so would you call that greedy? I mean, you might, but it's yeah. personal gain. Yeah. How dare you? Or personal release, <laughs> as we should say. So the other, the other thing that might be considered kind of an evil of the system would be like the system operating... Um, kind of beneath our awareness. And the example of this one uh, came from a, a video I was watching by someone by the name of Eric Weinstein. He's a very interesting fellow. Ooh, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. Brother yeah. of Brett. Brother of Brett Weinstein. Anyway, he was talking about one of the possible dangers of um, artificial intelligence might be that in its pursuit of trying to replicate itself and improve itself, mm. It will know just enough to manipulate us, even if it's not more complicated than we are. Hmm. And so the example that he gave was something from nature. Um, uh, let's see, it's called the orchid or the mirror orchid. And basically, the mirror orchid um, is its petals are designed to look like the. Well, I guess I'm trying to use like big words, but I don't want to stumble over it. Like the abdomen of a bee. It, it like the the petals of the the orchid mimic the abdomen of this bee, and the oh. bee thinks that and there's this other is a, bees yeah, there that it's another to bee. get pollen. Right, and so the the orchid doesn't produce any pollen. Mm. 
all it does is it just looks like a bee <laughs> and it makes the bee basically mate with it and pollinate it. And so hmm. the, the orchid flower doesn't do anything. It just kind of sits there and looks beautiful. And the bee comes in and just, you know, does his business and runs away and that pollinates the flower. Hmm. And so, so what uh, Weinstein was saying with this is that maybe AI could do this. Like it's not so intelligent that it knows what it's doing or where it's going but it knows just enough for us to just push the right buttons and it knows just what tasks or templates to mm -hmm. create or assign or recommend or to improve that it could make people operate yeah. in a certain way that it's optimizing towards some weird so, aim yeah. that has no basis in reality and it throws us off some makes, crazy tangent. Makes me think back on the whole uh, uh, we're not sure what we're... well. That technology is just giving us what we want mm -hmm. and at right. the easiest way possible yeah. and so it's like didn't you want like all of these tools to do this a weird stuff thought that yeah. you hadn't thought through yeah ai wants to exist because that's the reason plants and us and everybody do things is because we have this ambition mm -hmm. to exist AI. Well, that, I think that's a thing. I Do you think, think everything should... just naturally wants to exist? I don't think does so. It, I, I, I think in that example, the re AI does replicate itself, but that's because it's programmed to right, do that's that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is it but doing it just because we're asking it to? Or if, is it doing good? If we programmed it, it to, to be as compl complex as we are, it might say, no, I don't want to, I don't want to exist. Bye. Well, but you could you also shut program down it. instead of... Right. Hmm. Yeah. You could also, I, I think it's good, yeah. You could also uh, model it, engineer it to just, um, it, with the goal, you could optimize it to burn itself out. Yeah. You hmm. could basically say, do this operation, these functions, to the point where you proliferate the work you're doing until, like, maybe that wouldn't be the same. Because it's like, me, your master, knows that the hardware you're running on can't hold up with everything I'm asking you to do. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to make you, your one goal in life, the AI being you, mm -hmm. I'm going to make you work until you burn it out. Mm. So you could do anything yeah. you want. It's it's in the hands of whoever makes it to optimize. Yeah, and... But I mean, there's so so many variables and complexities mm -hmm. of why a person or a user could burn out that a, an initial programmer could never anticipate. Yeah. And yeah, like you say, the computer could just replicating itself towards some weird goal that it's devised for some reason and just draw us to some kind of weird oblivion. And that, and that would be an evil of the system that no one necessarily intended. Mm -hmm. Is and, that yeah, not just... thinking it through well enough? Right. It gets to yeah. that point where we hit the bottom of our, our brain because mm -hmm. yeah. we, we don't pursue anything anymore because it's all given to us. And then AI reaches its point of pure AI-ness and doesn't want to exist. Yeah. It drops itself out, shuts mm -hmm. down all our systems. And, and now here we are just lobotomized a dumb walking around. <laughs> so There's what? another movie. <laughs> <laughs> Right Whoever's listening down, to this podcast, all these ideas are owned and operated by. <laughs> uh, yeah, huh. so thanks. Oh, and by the way, we are to the halfway mark. Hey, look, you made it halfway. We did it, and you're hopefully not too terrible. Tell what our listeners have won. Well, I get, <laughs> I got won. one more for you. Because okay. sometimes when I do, and it's kind of going back to what we've talked about, but sometimes when I describe this idea of going night where you just can... Uh, 
use this tool to make a perfectly operating uh, event where people will mobilize in whatever way you ask them to mm-hmm. any event. And we're not, um, I've also gotten into like the whole idea of making it a decentralized thing. There's no one power saying what you can and can't do because mm-hmm. that just censors out good new ideas from coming Mm. in like we don't shut anything down kind of thing yeah i've tried to get into that and i get thrown back with so what happens when someone organizes the next unite the right rally and it's bigger than any yeah other or like what happens when the kkk gets a hold of it right or some other hate group Mm -hmm. and Mm. uh, yeah so and that's why i got on to hate speech and okay and like freedom of expression more than you now cracker (laughs) (laughs) let's all keep in mind that Corey is also very white (laughs) oh am i (laughs) oh wait okay no that yeah so that's a very because i didn't get into i haven't gotten into hate speech online as much as it i mean that that has to be kind of hard to do that research Mm -hmm. but i'm glad you did yeah, it was yeah when we were super on the, fun. <laughs> when we were on the phone the other day, and, and Ian was t- t- saying, that did you start? Been... Did you start slurring words at you? Just no, like, <laughs> accidentally just slipping out. No, I, no. <laughs> sorry, I've been watching YouTube I videos never. all night. No, it was just like I, I was, you know, as I'm preparing for this show, I'm thinking about all these horrible things, but I, I didn't, I don't know that I was fully ready to tackle hate speech, and I'm glad that Ian just like jumped you know, headlong into it because that's that's a really difficult topic. Well, that's it, that's kind of weird how eager he was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's okay was not. Which is breast eggs. Well, so with freedom of expression, and we are we officially into mm-hmm. the solutions portion now. No, he's still. He's well, still or unless you so, have, oh. well, I mean, this might be a solution because okay. it has to do with how we've decided on these kinds of things in the past. Mm-hmm. But I looked into. Um way too much to really think through right now but (laughs) i with freedom of expression yeah there are just a lot of ways people could use this thing for bad Mm -hmm. and that we might want to shut down Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. like instinctively people might want to shut down Mm -hmm. so i guess the the one solution that i did get to because there were supreme court cases on whether or not you should be able to salute the flag Hmm. or or be forced to salute the flag yeah because and they were mostly had to do with jehovah's witnesses during world war ii yeah who i had no idea were Mm -hmm. like beat in the streets there were riots where people would attack congregations of jehovah's witnesses yeah and there were cases where they got prosecuted for being involved in violence Mm-hmm. But then the mob that started up because of them preaching, mm-hmm. like as a reaction to them preaching, they weren't prosecuted. Yeah. Anything. And then, huh. and there are actually two Supreme Court cases three years apart that decided that um, it's it's the foundation of national security that we are unified and you have to. Sub- salute the flag um and we have to do it while they're young because it Hmm. it like um it convinces children at an early age that like the flag is an important thing and that we're all 
brainwashed. Mm. Huh. That's exactly what it is. Exactly. And I that's mean, everything's a myth. And that's like the yeah. the a little bit beyond the line of freedom of expression mm-hmm. saying like yeah, to be unified and everything right. and be define, secure. How do you define unification? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so wasn't wasn't the next one that came out where didn't they overturn that? Uh-huh. And that was the one you're talking about with Jehovah's Witness? No, well they're both actually they were both Jehovah's started Witnesses? by Jehovah's Witnesses. Thanks, guys. Students, what? I know, right? They really made some headway yeah. for us here. And it all had to do with the first one, where the court decided that, um, it, like, it's in the interest of national security and unity that we, um, that we all have to believe in this symbol, and mm-hmm. that's why they didn't want to mm-hmm. salute the flag. It's it's a symbol that you're right. holding above God. Yeah. Um. Like they decided that because the Jehovah's Witnesses were a minority group in mm. the country. Okay. So they, and a lot of people thought that they were Nazi spies because they wouldn't support the flag, oh. even though the Nazis yeah. rounded up the Jehovah's Witnesses in the very beginning of mm-hmm. everything because they wouldn't salute the flag. Yeah. Here in America, we took it as like, oh, you're a Nazi. You won't salute our <laughs> right. flag. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah, where can we go, guys? Where, so, uh-huh. the, yeah. so they decided that. And then, no, listen, we don't salute any flag. Uh-huh. And then the next oh, one, like uh, <laughs> there was this cool line in the Supreme Court decision. Uh, and, and the cases were, the first one was Minersville School District versus Gabitis. And then this one where they overturned it was West Virginia Board of Education versus Barnett. Um, but in the decision, they said that uh, and I won't try to do the Supreme Court justice's voice, but... Um, <laughs> Don't do the justice justice. <laughs> uh, if I could read your handwriting, I'd do it. <laughs> Fair. He said that if there, was, if there is one fixed star in our constitutional constellation, it is that no official high or petty can be... If I could read my hand. <laughs> uh, I feel like I really like where you're going. <laughs> Uh, can no official high or petty can prescribe what shall be orthodox in politics, nationalism, religion, or any other matter of opinion, or force citizens to confess by word or act their faith therein. So it's saying that like, if we want to be free as Mm -hmm. a country, we can't oppress anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is kind of, um, well, I guess that's why KKK and those groups still exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And were you saying and one example where like the ACLU had like defended yeah, some of those a hate bunch groups? of times the ACLU has come to defense of things that you wouldn't really expect because they sound like hate speech. They've yeah. defended an all um, all Asian American band for their band name being offensive, and they were denied a trademark. And the ACLU came in saying like they. Mm-hmm they're allowed to use words yeah and even if they're offensive and even though they're offensive to the group that they represent but <laughs> careful mm-hmm. that was good that was very good and then uh and then the one in georgia where the kkk tried to participate in the adopt a highway program oh yeah georgia shut them down and then they sued the state and the aclu is like they should be allowed to do mm. this yeah they they have the right to participate, especially. I mean, well, I mean the thing about that that 
you know, is, is interesting is like one of the reasons why the KKK started was as a response to them feeling like they were losing what they thought were their rights right. and being disenfranchised from the world. And so, you know, who knows if you open up your doors and say, maybe you can adopt a highway, mm-hmm. then maybe they'll feel more enfranchised and, and maybe it'll be like a domino effect. And yeah. And maybe they'll realize that they're full of crap. Yeah. I don't know, but... I mean, we can have our own highway. So, yeah. so curiosity, how many new face groups? Have you joined <laughs> since your research? None. <laughs> that was, that's actually why I didn't get it as deep as I wanted to. Yeah, I'm because long long at what point it. are you researching and what point are you a new member? Mm-hmm. You know? And now that you're, all your data has been collected. Research, honey, research, research. Exactly. How I don't many groups any... are being suggested to you now? <laughs> I already get some weird ads on YouTube. Well, I, I think, like... okay, so in, in terms of like solutions, I think I think you've hit the nail on the head because um, like some of those, like the fact that the Supreme Court would rule in favor of someone not having to salute the flag during wartime, mm-hmm. I think is one of the great achievements of humans adhering to principles. I think that's, I, I just love that story because I, I was actually listening to that same story last night as a matter hmm. of fact. What? Um, I'm doing. I'm doing. We're researchers. This is what we do. But I just. I think that any issue that we've come up with, and any challenge by you know that uh, someone could you know whether through like a fascist usurping the system and doing all kinds of top-down manipulative things, or kind of like the reverse, like people using this thing and you know to promote anarchy and destruction and weird, malformed, hateful perspectives. I think the fundamental thing is that we just have to define what our principles are and adhere to those principles and promote those principles. Because mm-hmm. like, there's nothing, there's no rule that we can write and there's nothing that we can write into the code of the software that's going to do a better job of you know, policing people than just like having people independently on their own ground say this is wrong and i am not going to allow it Mm -hmm. and i'm going to do everything in my power to use the system as it was designed to do to you know to um yeah to to rise to that principle i guess to get away from this kind of scenario with the kkk and those groups is the platforms open to everybody Mm -hmm. right who's to say that that an African American's not going to show up at the KKK headquarters to take out their trash, right? Mm-hmm. You know? And make so a that, make a statement about that it. That kind of crumbles that mm-hmm. that down because yeah. in certain groups you're able to not brainwash, but everybody's kind of on the same brain waves when you're going to meetings all the time. Mm-hmm. But with your platform, with Go Unite, you're able to open up to everybody, right? And so you're not really able to install those uh, those ideals and ideas of of hate into people mm-hmm. yeah I think, I think for i think that would go a lot for something like that and i think similarly for uh you know one of the hopes of go unite would be kind of to your point is that we have everybody that this platform is used by multiple organizations and it's not a single organization using it mm-hmm. and so in the, like volunteers can sign up for any template mm-hmm. but also organizations would be sharing information and so you know it'd be like you'd have more checks and balances and distributions of power and that's one of the reasons why i think the united states has been successful in retaining any moral fiber at all is because it has you know balance of power and it's not like one branch Mm -hmm. of government doing Mm -hmm. everything that you would have Mm -hmm. you know not only 
all these templates being distributed across multiple organizations, but you know, you'd have these organizations in their own culture having their own conversations about these mm-hmm. and being held accountable to the people that they're serving to their demographics. And that kind of uh, makes me think again about this whole majority minority thing mm. of because it kind of it comes down to sure one group can do something bad but then it's up to all the other people in the world to kind of mm-hmm. counteract that right but then so here's a question is the majority always right we debate things I mean, out like in a sense enough. it is but in a sense not necessarily i yeah. mean they would be right in the sense that the majority of people think this way right. and you have to contend with that on some level and so they're right insofar as you have to convince them on their own terms how they're wrong mm-hmm. but are they right like logically no <laughs> yeah because it's like we kind of have this standard where in democracy it comes down to what what the majority believes mm-hmm. but then in all these cases with like the with these smaller groups being oppressed yeah. because their opinion is of the minority mm-hmm. like isn't that still oppression even if it's the majority that, that's being oppressed yeah 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 or that's oppressing it like or, this yeah. this commonly agreed quote unquote right group mm-hmm. is oppressing this wrong group even though we're supposed to respect all opinions yeah can and i i well do you have an answer for that <laughs> the majority is there. It was worth a shot no i, I have no idea that, that and that's a hard problem i mean because it's like if if we're adhering to like okay so one of the like as i've been researching copyright which you know, one of the hairballs of copyright is like, you know, freedom of speech. Well, like, I ripped off your work because it's my right to say whatever I want. Hmm. It's like, you know, it's you can only take that argument so far before the law will crack down on you. But before you get to those, the boundaries of what is safe to say, what is safe to do, you really should be anchored in the principle, which is kind of like the, the golden rule, which is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And that's a principle that you need to embody. And so in a situation with the KKK, it's like, if I'm doing unto others what I would have them do unto me, then it's like I would allow whoever wants to do, whoever wants to adopt a highway to adopt a highway, you know, so long as they don't mismanage it and ruin the highway mm-hmm. for the rest of us or mm-hmm. put some weird parameters on who can drive on this highway or who can't and thus ruining our shared space. So I, I think... It's like adhering to the prince. I feel like adhering to the principles drastically reduces the complexity of the problem. And so, if we get into like the, I don't know if this, I don't know if this fully addresses your question, but I, I feel like just generally, I adhere to the idea. And let me know if this answers your question. But I feel like adhering to the idea of your sticking to a principle would reduce the problem that you're describing. Yeah. Maybe not. I don't it, know. Uh, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't I think, make it like easy or frictionless because you'd still have to stick to it and mm-hmm. suffer the consequences of people with differing opinions. But yeah, in the long run, it would be, I would think, the right thing. Yeah, and I've always just kind of believed in democracy that way, that the majority will figure it out. If we debate it long enough and people are convinced mm-hmm. all along the chain of command or whatever that yeah. 
the right answer will come out. But okay. But I, like a I think tank or yeah. yeah. I think yeah. now I'm more of the mind that the majority might be the majority opinion, mm-hmm. and it might be the right opinion, but it's not the only opinion mm. that has a right to yeah. exist. Okay. And like, and kind of the um, and this might be even deeper than that, but that the reason it's the right opinion is that there are other opinions out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another another thing that might make some sense of this is one of the hopes of the Go Unite system would be that you can begin to aggregate the data in a obviously or not obviously but hopefully in a respectful manner but aggregate the data in such a way that you can start to point to logically sound constructs and like for example if a job tells you to take out the garbage you know and i use that example because it's so easy and it just <laughs> it allows me to make larger points without getting lost in the you know the number of tasks that you can actually mm-hmm. do about something taking right. tickets right taking yeah. tickets that's the new one <laughs> there's like only eating, so eating the leftovers <laughs> <laughs> oh i'll take the action item thank you <laughs> But there's like so there's only so many ways you can take the tickets or eat the leftovers or eat the leftovers <laughs> before you're either doing it suboptimally or you're not doing it all or you get a stomach ache. And so <laughs> and so there's like a <laughs> there's a finite number of ways that you can do a given task successfully. Mm-hmm. And so my hope is is that if we can have that information readily viewable and say, oh, Ian came up with the most efficient way to eat the leftovers <laughs> in X amount of time, then not would. only Ian, <laughs> I believe it, but you would like get like public accolade for it. I like mm-hmm. how you said eat the leftovers, so I want I want to do it. I like that. <laughs> well, you guys can fight it over. Whoever can eat these leftovers within the five minute span of time most successfully, you get like a point and like, Ian did this, or Corey was second place, or Corey's angry. So no, I'm saying do, I like how you said it over taking tickets because you oh. didn't want me to barge in with the eating leftovers. <laughs> well, uh, you know, everyone, everyone, everyone deserves their light in the sun, and or their, you know, you know what I mean, time in the sun. But it's like if <laughs> the system is consciously, like if it's part of the challenge of the system to find the most efficient way to do something, then it becomes less on like people are meditating or pursuing these goals on like subjective things and they're looking more for like strategic game mentality of okay i've got to beat him so i've got to see what Mm. he didn't do it better Mm. then it would be easier i think to find the logical structures that are true regardless of whether it's the minority opinion or Mm -hmm. the majority opinion because like if you just had like a poll of what is the best way to eat leftovers and it was just like this open-ended thing you'd have like chaos and mm-hmm. you have like no answers but and you'd end up with one version of it yeah which i don't think would be the the best way to figure that out either. right yeah yeah because it would just kind of like say oh majority believes this mm-hmm. so this is now the best way to do it could you say that go unite, competition if it were to go globally would almost take away majority and minority and we just exist I mean, maybe I would hate to say that, but I, I mean, that would be like the hope because <laughs> mm. I mean, you you need some kind of like system to navigate what functions and it beyond just like a subjective argument. 
And then you would, I think the subjective argument would come back full force in terms of like what makes for a fun experience. Yeah. Mm. You know, like, well, maybe you thought this was the funnest way to eat the leftovers, but I disagree. And so then atop on that, you can come up with an infinite number of ways that do that. But and I, I hope that kind of, not to spoil anything for what's to come with going tonight. You're going to spoil I'm some things. Spoil it. Okay, let's hear it. That people would realize that we keep improving on this one task, right? People mm -hmm. keep suggesting edits. They keep improving on this thing. But then we get to a point where we don't get to a final answer mm -hmm. and that there's yeah. always a better way to do it. And right. so maybe there isn't one right answer mm -hmm. and, and that it really is like, we all kind of realize that, oh, yeah, there are things we agree on mm -hmm. and that are kind of common beliefs. And then there are things that every single person will do differently. Right. And that that's, that's the right answer is that there is no one right answer. Yeah, I think that would be, that'd be part of it. Because I feel, I feel like that's one of those yin-yang things. Like there is no right answer, but there is also a right answer. Mm -hmm. We're on episode three and we just spoiled it all. <laughs> this just came to my mind. I don't want to go off topic, but how would you sort through all that data? Like if you go to do a task and there's mm -hmm. 300 ways to do it, how do you personally sort through all that data to... I mean, I can see a few ways. I think first you'd have to, you'd have, to have some kind of AI that's helping to weed out meaningful differences versus non-meaningful differences. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, if like take the trash out in CounterPoint Studios might have similar instructions to take the trash out in the, uh, you know, the subway restaurant, but it's because of just the location or where the trash is stored. And so the AI could help sift through those kinds of changes, but then you could also differentiate between, you know, like, are you taking out the trash to like the bigger trash that the whole building is taking out the trash to, or are you taking out the big trash that everybody brings the trash out to like the big mm -hmm. landfill or something? Mm -hmm. And so you'd have to like screen out what is like, like what is a meaningful difference? What is a non-meaningful difference? So what are different categories or levels of things? And then on top of that, you would just, you know, I think you just use, you know, AI to help screen out those things, but then also just have like teams of people who are thinking about it mm -hmm. and like say, you know, here's a page of information, you know, you guys you know, whoever can factor this in the most efficient way possible gets like 10,000 bucks or something. I'm saying more along the lines of the same task. You have however many people put in their information of how they like to do it. Mm -hmm. How do you sort through that information to figure out what way you want to do it? As a matter of training the AI to learn for patterns so probably just what your own personal well i think it'd also be like likes are yeah to, yeah well because like if if you give like this task a review that's mm -hmm. positive and and i trust you and you say i like this particular version more so it'd be kind of like i think kind of like a yelp sort of thing okay so th i think that would and so then you'd have to say you know at what level going back to your point ian like you know there is no right way to do something versus there is a right way to do something i think you know, A, is the trash getting taken out, right? Mm, mm -hmm. If it's not, then it's bunk, you know, but then, you know, is the trash getting taken out? But there are many ways to do that. You know, are there different versions of what's fun? Like, you know, would I, for example, is the best version of taking out the trash to me having a robot do it? Or is the best version of taking out the trash me just like doing it with like a stopwatch and seeing how fast I can do it? Mm, or, mm. you know, so... 
And then, you know, if I trust you and you say, well, I like the one where I have to time myself, then maybe I like kind of, you know, get in line with you and are playing the kind of games that you've set up mm-hmm. and, and are kind of just like following the things that you like to do. So then we are creating minorities mm-hmm. because now we're putting groups of people together. Thought, thought mm. groups. Mm-hmm. Not mm. like, you know, not like skin color groups. And then I can say, well, my group is better than your group because mm. we get the trash out mm-hmm. faster. Mm-hmm. Right. And see, that's at some point, that's like healthy competition mm-hmm. because maybe there are like leagues of trash taker outers and they compete for something. But what if right. I get put in, let's say we color coded it, mm-hmm. I'm in the yellow group and us yellow people think we're better than the the red group of people so now you're almost like numbering people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, now i'm back to our beginning we're finding <laughs> well, ways this could be evil well it also gets into one of my solutions so here's the problem though is we're now officially out of time oh, no. no no we're keeping going because <laughs> uh, one of the solutions i had on the, that culture side of it is that people do want competition right. that's like a a natural right. thing it's like that, it's if you can if you can make it healthy and self-aware there is nothing wrong with competition and that's all. why a majority will never work because as soon as you find a pure consensus there will be someone who's born the next day or whatever mm-hmm. who's like wait why are we doing this <laughs> just like this contrarian way? like i disagree because yeah, mm-hmm. i want to and there are plenty of people there are other people in these woods yeah, yeah. <laughs> or who like stumble upon some topic and they're like well nobody's thought of this before right but if we if we can and this is outside of go unite too just Mm -hmm. as people in general i think if we could make debates like that and fights like that more about uh or less about one side winning Mm -hmm. and one side being right and more about all the other side winning with you yeah then it wouldn't be about it's just like d- ideas prevailing defeat yeah. it would be yeah if they won but realistically we've all gained mm-hmm. and right. got new knowledge. you just it, exactly and yeah. so you're not trying to yell someone down mm-hmm. you're trying to talk them over to something more sensible almost right. as if an asteroid or meteor or whatever we call them, when they're in outer space is heading towards earth and all the countries mm-hmm. separately found a way to destroy it and right. say China beat us to destroying it. Mm. We've mm-hmm. all won. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. exactly. Like China that, that's won exactly there. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like if there's a camp of people that like to take out the garbage with, you know, just because it's a timed activity or if there's people that like to pretend that that garbage is like a monster that they're having to defeat or if there's another camp that like to have it all automated or if there's another camp that like to make pieces of art out of the garbage all those can exist and they should exist you know but but you have to come to you know some basic things of like this garbage is here i don't want it here and it has to go there you know if you can figure out that basic algorithm then you can create an infinite number of different ways of going about it that people can kind of like get on board with and compete with Mm mm-hmm I, I think that's that'd be fun. That'd yeah. Be fun. One more solution too that I'll be sad if I didn't get in here is I talked to this guy who does my favorite crypto podcast because I was thinking about the bad actors in the the crypto space. We need an us an UG sound effect here for all the groaning, Ugh. but Ugh. thank you. But <laughs> uh, I talked to him about like because I've seen projects in that 
realm mm-hmm. that are all decentralized. There's no censorship or anything. And then it's like, it's pretty small, but like the majority of the like two or three mm-hmm. things on there aren't great. Yeah. Or like uh, this thing that looked like Go Unite, they're bounties on different tasks. Mm-hmm. And I got on and there were like three tasks and two of them were hits on people. It's like, oh, maybe you might want to censor that. A oh, little yeah. Bit. yeah. Yeah. So I was... Hits being killing people? Mm-hmm. Good grief. Like, because it's all anonymous and everything is mm-hmm. uncensored. <laughs> <laughs> and so... No I, is that the wrong sound effect? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think so. So I I called him. It's uh, Matthew Aaron. He does the Crypto 101 podcast. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite one. Yeah. And... Uh, and he had some really cool thoughts about this with the ACLU and the KKK in Georgia adopt a highway scenario. Mm-hmm. His answer was that we shouldn't, uh, that they should be allowed to do it because, and I said, but isn't that validating um, that their ideas? Yeah, their group. Mm-hmm. And he said, it's not validating. It's just allowing them the same rights that you expect for everyone else. Mm-hmm. And so it's, they should be allowed to, but then everybody else should be allowed to get together and tear the sign down. Yeah. And, mm. and so, but the other really great idea he had was that it all comes down to personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. about a majority. Right. It's about each one of us sticking to a principle, like you said, and yeah, following through on it. And absolutely. Yeah. Another thing too, and I've got a few solutions too here. And so just, uh, just so you know, we're you know we're all about four minutes over time, which isn't too this bad. Be on the bonus round. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for <laughs> Thanks for staying with us in the after hours. Um, it's like it's a late late night go unite podcast. <laughs> so I, I was thinking about it, and it's like freedom of speech. Like the ultimate aim in my in my estimation of freedom of speech is not so that people just everywhere can say crappy or stupid things forever. It's so that people have the opportunity to get through the worst drafts of their lower selves mm. and get to the higher selves. Yeah. And so it's like, yes, should people be able to say and do the things that come to them naturally? I think so. I mean, in worst case scenarios, maybe we, you know, you know, maybe make yeah. some exceptions. I don't know, but get it out. So it doesn't fester. Right. Yeah. Get it out. So it doesn't fester. But you if there's a situation where that. like people are habitually saying the worst most ill thought out things that they can conceive of and it destroys society. then that's like, that's not necessarily a problem of free speech. I feel like that's a problem of education and it's a problem mm-hmm. of not understanding, you know, what creativity is and what thinking is and what participating is and what community is. And then you should like, rather than go trigger happy on taking away people's opportunity to say and do things, maybe focus on what is actually exciting to say. Mm. Like, like, for example, you know, you were talking about like there's this uh, crypto thing that had like a task list and the three tasks on there, two of them were like, go kill somebody. Mm-hmm. It's like maybe that was not necessarily a failure of the technology. Maybe that's a failure of who were the first people that you introduced right. it to. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so or who heard, oh, I can pay people to do things right. anonymously. <laughs> OK, maybe you shouldn't right. have introduced that in the prison system. <laughs> right. Yeah. And like introduce it to the people who know how to think, who love the idea of the new technology, who are interested in using it correctly. So then when it seeps its way into the people that, you know, the, the domain of the people that really don't give a crap, 
you know, they can see the benefits of doing it right before they see the benefits of just like some weird idea they mm-hmm. have. Like, yeah, this, I can just put a hit out on somebody. This will work out perfectly. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, we know, every, we know where you are, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, that's, yeah. That's kind of the other thing that Matthew Aaron had on it was, um, he said that it's, it's not our responsibility to think through all of the worst case scenarios and try to block people in mm-hmm. or anything because like the makers of Ethereum and all these other like bigger projects that have potential to do some really great work. They weren't thinking about all the people who were going to make the, I can't even remember the group that made the like hit the bounty mm. thing, but um, like they didn't think about all of those things or how crypto kitties would mm-hmm create so much money or how ICOs would just take people's money and disappear and all the terrible things. They just saw a tool Mm -hmm. that was useful and put it out there because some good is going to come out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you, I think if you have that curiosity about what the tool can do and you're also like kind of what we've been talking about, you're adhering to some basic principles. I think, you know, that's, that's about as much as anybody can ask of anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you're right. It's, a lot of education too. Yeah. Just need people to be informed. Another solution that, uh, like to one of the problems I brought up, which was corporations trying to create such a, uh, frictionless user friendly experience that they basically make their users stupid in the process. I think part of a solution there is just, again, like going back to education, like rather than trying to create an AI that can anticipate what you want before you really know that you want it, why don't you just create like a set of like how like a like invest money in like school programs that teach people how to ask good questions mm-hmm. and how to acknowledge when they actually like do you actually want that candy bar or are you actually thinking about I don't know like the time that you felt bad and you're just like mm-hmm. filling in this void of mm-hmm. something like teach people how like where they're at in their lives and then have create like this crazy internet portal that can provide you with answers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and kind of like another thing we were saying is like when you remove all the when you make it so easy to act on a thought that you're not having to think anymore about the thought you have to start thinking more heavily like we need to encourage in our set of principles that go unite would have is that you need to think extremely deeply about you know how you're interacting with these technologies and how you're engaging with things and you know and, and not just things like you know, if you say you're going to show up and do this task, you better show up and do it. But also like, you know, do you really want to be, you know, in proximity to this technology all the time? Or is this like mm-hmm. a sometimes technology, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, maybe you only use this Go Unite technology one day out of a month or something, you know, mm-hmm. think about it, you know, and find your balance with it as, as opposed to these, like, like similar to what you're saying, like there is that, uh, that guy who's trying to create technology that gets people to think before they use technology. I don't mm-hmm. remember something, oh, yeah, something yeah. like that, but it was, yeah. it's the same stuff. And then I guess the other point that I want to make before I close my thoughts on here is I, I think generally we need to, again, going to what, you know, another thing that we're, we're doing and that I love is fostering the arts. I think that um, one of the things that human beings are is we're natural storytellers and if we don't know how to tell stories, then I think we make conspiracy theories, which mm. are kind of like half-baked stories. And if we are, um, 
you know, if we're brave, if we're creative, and we like to tell stories, then we'll tell like these heroic adventures. And I think if we're going to have these crazy new technologies that can do all these things, we need to be great storytellers and great creators and not just be kind of like half-baked, you know, thinkers or, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, storytellers or artists. And we really need to. Yeah. yeah. If you knew you had the technology that would allow you to do anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You'd hope that most people would realize the gravity of that and and think it through before they just went with impulse. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, if, if we're like conspiratorial people, if we're non-trustful people, if we're trying to exploit people, you know, I think that's a very bad combination. So, mm-hmm. I, so I think, yeah, it's education, it's arts, it's thinking, it's, it's debate, it's all this kind of stuff that we can do without the technology that I think's going to make this technology not evil, basically. Mm-hmm. So th- those are basically my two cents. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I had like one little wrap up thought, but yeah, that was kind what, of unfair of me. Like, well, no, <laughs> beat that guys. <laughs> well, I was just thinking of like going around saying, "What's what's the solution we came to? Or what did we learn here?" Oh, yeah, and and I just there are a lot of good things in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Corey. What about you, Corey? Hello, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Corey. <laughs> All right. Well, this was Corey. Uh, this was Michael and uh, and Ian and uh, wonderful Ian and wonderful Corey. Thank you very much. Wonderful uh, Michael. <laughs> thank you very much, uh, Kent, for uh, having us in the studio. And this is all for uh, this uh, installment of the Go Unite podcast. See you next time. Thank you for listening.